0: Alright, so my second story is the Xbox Game Showcase and the Starfield Direct, which is part of a continuation of what we were talking about earlier, but now going into more detail. So this is going to be really interesting. This is going to be on June 10th, sorry, June 11th. It's going to start at 1 p.m. Eastern and at 10 a.m. Pacific, and they've given us quite a few details on what to expect. The first thing they said was that there are going to be no full CG trailers, which I will say that this bothers me. Not the fact that they say no CG trailers, but just online, I see people saying all the time, like, oh, this game is all just CGI. Of course, it's just CGI. That's what CGI means. It's computer generated imagery. Every computer game is CGI, with the exception of the really old ones that use live footage, like Night Trap or something like that. But every modern game is CGI. CGI doesn't mean pre-rendered. Pre-render It can be pre-rendered or it can be rendered in full time. So when you say, oh, this game just looks like CGI. Yeah, that's because it is. That's because every game in Legend of Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom is CGI by definition. So I hate it when people say that's just coming from a a computer person and also a graphics person (laughs) myself. Don't use your acronyms incorrectly. But uh, old man rant aside, basically what they're saying is there are no, they're not going to be any fully pre-rendered, trailers like what we've seen in previous showcases not just xbox but also they're making a little bit of a dig at playstation there because they did have some fully pre-rendered trailers i'm trying to i can't remember off the top of my head which ones were but there were definitely a few and also xbox themselves have gotten into trouble over this i think it was what the original halo infinite with greg the grunt they got into a little bit of they got a little bit of crap for that But yeah, everything's going to show at least some in-game footage. Not necessarily 100% in-game footage for the whole showcase, but every single thing they show is going to show, in in quote, everything is either in-game footage, in-engine footage, or in-game footage with some cinematics. So each trailer will be labeled so it is hopefully clear for our fans. So when they say no CG, what they're saying is, there are not going to be any fully cinematic trailers. Not that, they're going to, not that there are going to be no fully generated by computer trailers. So yeah, there will be at least some gameplay in every single game. However, the fact that they said in-game footage, that kind of to me goes back to, for instance, the original trailer for Horizon Forbidden West, which was all in-game footage, but none of it was playable. It was all pre-rendered, or not pre-rendered, but it was all pre-orchestrated there was no gameplay per se but it was all in engine so i'm not quite sure what they're trying to say there because basically what they're saying is that the trailers are not going to be pre-rendered cinematics but there will be some that are not going to have any gameplay it's just going to be in engine which is what a lot of our trailers have been recently too so i'm not quite sure what they're going with there But they did say they are not going to be over-promising the way that they did in the past. They have learned from the past, for example, the last thing way back when they said, all these games will be playable within the next year. All these games you can play in 12 months, and about half of the games you couldn't. They've learned from that. They said they are not going to be promising that everything featured is going to be within a 12-month window. Some of these games... You know, we're not going to make a promise that we can't keep. We have learned from our mistakes. If we make you a promise, it's because we know we can keep it. Otherwise, we're just going to keep our mouth shut and say, hey, look at this really fun game to look forward to. So they're going to do that, but it will feature games and Starfield. And that's an exact quote. Games, games, and Starfield. There's four games in that. So yeah, that's really interesting. And the other thing that they said, they made a little dig at Sony here. They said that there will be no movie trailers in our game show because... Sony notoriously showed a trailer for the Gran Turismo movie at the previous showcase and got a bit of crap for that because people are like, yeah, it's a movie based on a game, but it's not a game. It's a movie. Come on, guys. You're just showing off. Yes, Sony, we get it. You do movies as well. You have a movie division, but this is supposed to be a game showcase. We're not here to see what movies are coming out in the next year. So they said there will be no movie trailers. Every trailer is going to be for a game. And then afterwards, after they do all that. We are going to get the Starfield Direct, and as I said, it's going to show new gameplay, developer interviews, and behind-the-scenes insider information. So we're getting a full half hour on Starfield alone. So that is really exciting.
1: Yeah. I still recall when the Rocker eh, just to advertise whatever movie it was Oh, he just came to advertise Shazam with and his new drink, whatever, Zoha.
2: That was weird. I really hope they don't do that anymore.
0: Well, they're not going to do it this time. <laughs>
2: Very cool. Yeah, no, I've got nothing to add there. Let's move on to Antoine's story. All
1: right. So for me, it's a Diablo 4 story. Phil and I started work playing Diablo 4 this weekend because we put it early. So we could access it early. Otherwise you could access it, I think a couple of days ago, this morning or yesterday. Anyway, we got it. We got to play a weekend adventure. That was really cool. So if you're going to watch our lives on the Middle Age gaming channel, sorry. You will see that we did two lives at this time. It, it's not going to be fantastic simply because we were trying out the early game that we already did at the beta. So we do the cutscene and we're trying to fix all this little technical issue because neither of us has streamed in a while. So in the first one, I'm too loud and feel is way too low. And in the second one, it's extremely laggy. Thanks Adam actually for helping us on this. And otherwise. I didn't play Diablo three a few years ago simply because I knew that if I started, I would be addicted and that would be terrible. This time I was weak, and that's all because of the channel. I did it. I thought I did it just for having content for the channel, right? It's absolutely addicting. It's awful. It's really. I was playing it before the show, and I was trying to. I need to stop. I need to connect with the guys right now, otherwise I'm going to miss the podcast tonight. It was really hard for me to just quit the game. It's really that good. If you have played Diablo Streets, I think graphically you won't have much of an upgrade, but the story is really cool. You're back in the world of Sanctuary with the Mother of the Sanctuary Lilith coming down to fix things up, not to our liking, of course. it. it if you don't know Diablo, it's pretty much a big dystopia, right? It's no happy story there. Sorry, if you don't like Goob and Gloom, that's not for you. Otherwise, it's exactly for you. It's a really good game, which I have been playing on the beta with the Sorceress. It's already what I was playing in in Diablo 2. Sorceress is a very cool gameplay, which you get addicted really quick. And I never thought I could go out of this. But Phil decided to go with this, so I played the Necromancer. Ah, it's just absolutely the gameplay with the Necromancer. Is insanely fun. You have no clue. As soon as you hit your skill trees, there's a corpse explosion. As soon as you have a lot of, I don't know, 20 or 30 litre bat- bats coming at you, as soon as you kill one, it's a carpet bombing, right? Your, your whole screen goes bomb. It's really, really fun. I'm just laughing like a maniac destroying, and destroying the, whole, the whole area. The good thing about Necromancer is that for Crowd control is excellent, as long as you have multiple enemies, you can either raise from the corpse, or just as I said, corpse bombs, everything, and that's really good. So in a party, it's really useful support character. If you are alone, that's already much tougher, because as soon as you hit a boss, there won't be, unless uh, there's some add from time to time, but not every boss, and that's quite rare. You don't tell your skeletons, your golems are gonna die and you're gonna go by yourself against the boss. And an Necromancer is not made to go by yourself. You need your armies around you. And by army I mean army, right? You have the seven skeleton, one golem. You let them go in front, charge. You have some you can have your defender, so your your skeleton with a shield to go in front to tank. You have your skeleton mage to throw a frost, to to freeze the enemies, or to heal you. You have your golem, which of course is a giant tank, which is a walking nightmare. When you play decrementer, you play with your army. Really good for crowd control, much harder when you play against one single strong enemy, but in any case, it's really fun to play. And if you aren't playing Diablo, they really ask you to be careful with your skill tree, because you only have six slots to put your skills right mouse left mouse and the want to see four that means that you can't unlock every skills like in the ghost of tsushima and play all of the skills that's not possible you have to be very careful with what you want to play and you have to specialize your character the good thing which is not world of Warcraft, for instance that respect is cheap. you get lots of money like it's insane you get very rich very fast and respect is about 5K gold. When I'm already at level 30, I am 150K. Wow. I can re- I can respect my character every two minutes if I want to. So my character, I can play a Blood, I can play Bones, I can play a Shadow. I can change my gameplay whenever I want. Or I can try new stuff. So that's why I'm actually looking at what other people are playing to see what's the best way to play the Necromancer. And I'm very happy to know that I disagree with them. Most of the time. And I feel that my way of playing the necromancer is not perfect. But if you don't put corpse explosion in your gameplay. That's not a good necromancer. I'm sorry. Even if it's not the most thing. Which is not going to give the most damage. It's just too bloody fun. <laughs> you carpet bomb the whole enemies. a whole dungeon. When you play a dungeon. Even if it's by yourself. With your army and exploding the corpse all around. You just come out after... 20 minutes maximum? 15, 20 minutes per dungeon? With a big green hat Ah, oh, that was cool. I feel so much more relaxed now. OK, another one. It's just like this. You just you start playing. And unless there's something, you should sleep. Uh, That's an alarm here. You should sleep. You just can't quit. It's really hard to quit. It's uh, there's five regions. I'm level 30. I didn't even finish the first one. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. And uh, in a true Diablo fashion, one dungeon, you get tons and tons of equipment, so you change your equipment all the time. It's really enjoyable. So I really recommend, if you have any doubt of playing Diablo 4, go ahead. Diablo 3 was talking about mic- microtransaction. It's purely and only cosmetic. It is not Diablo Immortal. It's not a pay to win. And that's very important to say, because first of all, it's you have to be rich, as you said. You really need a lot of money for Joker's cosmetics, so I'm not sure if it's really worth it. However, it's really just for fun, and it's not an MMO where you see your your character close up, like, very close, and you can see all the details of the armor everything. It's if you play Baldur's Gate on every winter night from... I don't even know how you call this view. Willow's screen I don't know how... Adam, I don't know how you call this view on these kind of specific games. But... Isometric? Okay. It's not like... Even if you buy $21 for a skin, you won't see it much. And again, if you play Necromancer, you play in the middle of a crowd of eight skeleton golems, which are quite massive, not counting the dozens of enemies coming at you. You don't see your character that much. All you try to do is, where am I, where am I? I go this way and you army shoot this way and you have to just make sure there's not shooting anything. And this stuff is capniped, that's what she said. So yeah, honestly the cosmetic no. the cosmetic <laughs> is not what you should spend your money on. But you should spend money on buying Diablo because I can't repeat it enough. It's an extremely enjoyable game. So Adam, I don't think you have played Diablo.
0: I've played I played a little bit of Diablo too at Prince Places when I was younger. I played Diablo 3. I didn't play any of the expansions. I just played when it first came out. But uh, I have not played Diablo 4, no. Phil is playing on... Is he playing on his PC his, or his Switch? Or... Oh,
1: yes. Actually, a uh, very good uh, very good note. He's playing on his PC while his wife is playing on the PS5. We created a Middle aged gaming clan. So if you want to play with us, you are more than welcome. So we're going to be very happy to play with you. He, he plays Sorceress. His wife plays a... Because during the beta, she played the rogue, you know, we saw so archer slash C uh, slash, and apparently was quite underwhelming. He was not convinced as well by the barbarian. Just note that there has been a lot of balancing during the, between the beta and now in the release. Since the sorceress has been a bit nerfed because it was, with the hydra, for hydra head, you can just go ahead and uh, your, Auto, how do you call this? Like uh, auto tower, fitting tower.
2: Right.
1: Uh, auto turret. It's basically a four auto turret around you. and cleans out everything around you. So it was very fun to play, but I'm getting very addicted to the Necromancer. which was, I think, already one of the best class in Diablo 3, one of the most uh, OP with the Sorceress already. But I don't know why isn't Barb- the Barbarian is not getting much love. Barbarian and Rogue seems to be a bit underwhelming compared to, compared to the rest. So I think Julian got a call. He's not with us at this time. So I guess at an initial, actually... is it comments on Diablo or more stories?
0: Oh, I do have one more story, but yeah, as far as Diablo, I, yeah, I'm curious as to how to get it. And I'm also curious just from Bill's perspective, like if he was having trouble with lag on the computer, if he was playing on say the PS5 and then using some kind of capture card, I wonder if he would have the same issue or if it would actually... Clean uh,
1: it was much more, it was related to his Wi-Fi. At first we saw that it's because as soon as there's lots of enemy on screen, then it would start lagging. So he asked his wife to stop playing on a PS5 just to check if it was not just a uh, Wi-Fi connection or something. I don't know, because on the first day we didn't have this issue. Only on the second, so more, more than likely is only
0: for in Phil's defense, the Taiwanese internet is like that sometimes. There have been times where I'll play, especially because normally I play in the morning when I do streaming, and I'll notice that my internet is perfectly fine, and I have no issues whatsoever. And sometimes, not necessarily even streaming, but just playing online games. If I'm playing Final Fantasy 14 or something, and I'm playing in the evening, usually around 10, 11 o'clock, I'll notice my internet dips down because probably because everybody in the neighborhood's on their computers at that time. So yeah, I mean that that could easily just be the Taiwanese internet. Hard to say.
1: Likely. So more than likely we'll play again next weekend. So for me it's Saturday and Sunday morning. For Taiwanese time, it's afternoon. So join us if you can.
0: Sounds great.
1: And of course we connect on local through Discord. Okay. Cool. Oh, good With to the gaming Discord. Exactly. We there's gaming Discord.
0: Yes, join us on our Discord. I believe the information is up on screen. Right, not right now, but it will be soon. These things cycle around. So I'll just leave it on this screen for a while. <laughs> if you're listening to the podcast, go ahead and check out the show on YouTube or something like that. Our Discord information is there. Korean, were you listening the whole time, or did you miss out on some stuff? Korean's uh, audio uh, is now uh, uh, out as well.
2: Yeah, you missed. Oh, sorry, I just came back.
0: Oh, okay, <laughs> you missed all the Diablo details.
2: It's okay. So we just finished on Diablo. You just finished on Diablo? Oh, yes. Oh, God.
0: Sorry. Right. Okay. No worries.
2: So we, this is, will be my second story, right? Yes. OK, my second story is not related to, I'll give this a quick 10 second pitch. There are some cool metrovanias on Humble Bundle. You guys should go check them out. Really cheap, $15 if you're looking for some games. This is something I regretted as a gamer. Maybe you might just be starting out in gaming, is that I did not buy enough bundles. In the beginning, I used to buy all these games separately and that wasted a lot of money. But that's that my real second story, how it relates to Adam and Antoine and, and us is a quick sort of recap of what's going on in middle aged gaming is as that we've been trying to optimize content and do better. And and we you know we've hit that golden one thousand subscriber total. You might have seen community polls from us as well. And we want to thank everyone who's supported us as well. But to that end, we've decided that we it, the audio version of the podcast, which used to cost us $20 a month, would be better on Spotify, and we can put that $20 into some good editing software for Adam and myself. So I just subscribed to Adobe Premiere via Adobe Creative Cloud on Sunday. So now you will still get our podcast on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, pretty much everywhere else, but it's for free, and we don't have to put that those resources into Captivate. Captivates a wonderful host. They got us into podcasting. I'm eternally grateful to their Facebook support group, to what they've done. That's one of the things and one of the changes as well. But the other big change, which was just announced this morning or yesterday, is that Twitch has clamped down on streaming rules. To give you an idea, your on-stream logos are only limited to 3% of screen size. No more burned-in video ads are allowed. If you're watching people on Twitch or other places, you might see... Like an ad for G Fuel, you might see an ad for Blah Blah blah, Spectacles, you might see an ad for like clothing companies sometimes, right? Those are not allowed on Twitch anymore. Burned-in display ads are not allowed, burned-in audio ads are not allowed. There's a bunch of stuff which is not allowed anymore. But basically, as you can imagine, Twitch has calmed down. This was posted or retweeted by a streamer I like recently and I watch him a lot which is basically said, just like in life, right? When you're investing, when you're preparing for the future, you need to diversify. So I think that's one of the things MLH Gaming, right? We are not just a podcast. I would say we're even moving more into a video podcast and that's something Spotify supports, right? Spotify allows you through the Spotify app to watch a video of us. In a podcast app, rather than having to go to the YouTube channel rather than having to go somewhere else. It also means that once Adam is the key streamer at the moment, right, he's bringing the views, he's bringing in the engagement and the clicks and the content and the likes and the subscriptions, right. But that also means that, right? like at some point, Adam is going to be monetized on Twitch or YouTube or wherever it is, right? He might become a YPP, right, YouTube partner program. But we can't rely on just YouTube. We can't rely on just Twitch. We can't rely on just sponsorships, right. One of the cool things in Taiwan, uh, maybe not so cool, is right, is in Taiwan, right, you can talk about a product and not say that it's actually sponsored. That's Taiwanese law, that's the way it works here. I don't know if Adam knows about that, but yeah. In most other Western countries, of course, that's is super bad. You have to say that, hey, I am drinking Mr. Lee, can't see that here, right, Mr. Leo's tea. And oh my God, it's so good to drink, and I don't say that it's sponsored, that Mr. Leo gave me 10,000 Taiwanese dollars today to talk about his tea, which is not true. But anyway, so we're changing. This ties into the Twitch story about diversification because you cannot rely. Twitch was the primary source of your most famous people like Pokimane, like Disguised Toast, like Aslan Gold as well. A large percentage of his income used to come from Twitch or still comes from Twitch. But now that is going to change because you can no longer do advertisements, which is interesting. And I've been talking for a while, so I'm going to stop. What do you guys think? Anthony, go first. That life is hard for YouTubers these days because YouTube already
1: reduced quite a lot of money from YouTube itself. That's why many of the YouTubers I'm watching are completely leaving out sponsoring from NordVPN, from, I don't know, like Shadow Rate, and Legend, whatever. And if you remove the advertisement on Twitch, that's gonna be around their neck way more. So hopefully that's not gonna kill some, some youtubers or Twitcher, we'll see maybe it's gonna give a rise to a new platform that we can go on later what
2: do you think adam
0: yeah i've heard a lot of people suggesting moving over to kick recently i haven't tried it out yet but maybe an option in the future i am looking for a tinfoil hat but i can't find one so i'm just gonna have to do my comp- conspiracy theory without it but i it depend between this and seeing how YouTube is constantly changing the algorithms and things like that. I suspect that probably what's happening is a lot of these companies like Twitch or whatever, they get big, they say, hey, this is a great way to make money. This is a great way for streamers to get on here. The streamers get on and then they think, okay, we're paying out a lot to these streamers. What can we do to keep the engagement of people but change the way in which, you know, but then, however... Some way that we can reduce the income, the payouts that we have to pay. So for example, with YouTube saying, okay, it used to be based on subscribers, but then when subscribers get popular, we have to pay out all this money. If we change the algorithm that it's not based on subscriptions, it's based on content that's quote unquote related, then we're going to spread the viewership out among a much larger pool rather than focusing it on these bigger, on these bigger creators. And by doing that, fewer people, the bigger creators are diluted. And that means fewer people are going to be able to hit this threshold for monetization. Smaller groups might get built up, but they're not going to be built up to the point where they can be monetized, while larger channels are going to be diluted to the point where they go below monetization. And if I had to guess, I would say that, you know, what YouTube has been doing, what Twitch has been doing is that it's just a cost-cutting measure on their own where they're like, hey, let's make it look like we're reaching out to more people. And we're taking care of these quote-unquote annoying things like these ads, which viewers don't want. But uh, yeah, sorry. And that's the end of the show. Everybody got cut out. That was my fault for talking too long. Sorry, everybody. (laughs) But uh, yeah, thanks for coming. And we're going to catch you again later. Have a lovely day. Bye-bye.